This is Bert Kreischer, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Visit us anytime at youtube.com forward slash yuck yucks to watch stand-up comedy clips of some of your favorite comedians. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is uh, the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. My name is Jake Hirsch. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me. We have a fantastic episode lined up today. And also on a uh, sad note, um, this is the last episode of the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. We made it to number 87, folks. Uh, and what an amazing 87 uh, episodes that it has been. Um, this all started just by a chance meeting with Mr. Mark Breslin years ago, and uh, I got to sit down and interview him. And through that meeting, I, of course, uh, got on to meet uh, my executive producer, Kira Williams, uh, my uh, co-producer, uh, Camille Argue, and, of course, her husband, Lane Argue. Um, and uh, in that time, I, I think initially uh, uh, I was even working with Fatima and uh, the entire crew uh, over at Yuck Yuck's office, I think everybody at some point had a hand in this show and uh, you know, definitely made it the success uh, to what it is today. And uh, I'm very proud about the following that we have. I'm very proud about uh, the episodes that we put out and the interviews that we captured with some of Canada's top talent. I mean, we interviewed a lot of people just to go through that. Um, list of, of people is, is, I mean, if you were to read the names out, it's a pretty, it's a pretty impressive, uh, uh, roster. Um, obviously our first episode, Nikki Payne, we had Ron Funches, we had Sam Tripoli. I, you know what? I'm just going to read them. Uh, the tribute to all of my guests here, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Kohler, Cal Post, Michael Harrison, Garrett Clark, Richard Lett, Tony Crollo, Lori Gibbs, Mark Breslin, Allison June Smith, Aaron Berg, Mike McDonald, Katie Westman, Eddie Delisepi, James Mullinger, Kathleen McGee, Patrick Capolino, uh, Graham Kay, Christine Von Hagen, Hunter Collins, Damon Schritter, Sonny Dollywall, Steve Simone, Jonathan Baum, Winston Spear, Tony Bins, Kevin Stobo, Steve Patterson, Frank Prather, Ian Sirota, Pat McDonald, Kelly Dyer, Martha Chavez, Sean Kerrigan, Ron Jossel, Andy Curtin, Lisa Baker, Spencer Rice, Colin Hollett, Julia Latkowitz, Burt Kreischer, Brant Tobler, Amy Bug and Alan Cho, Matt Foster and Malik Ellisal, Matt Wright, Brett Forte, Michael Yo and Nick Guerra, Adam Ruby, Brandon Craig, Cal Post, Brett Forte, Christoph Davidson, Nav Galley, Rest in Peace, Tyler Middleton, Tracy McDonald, Hunter Collins, Dom Perret and Lisa Baker, Chris Catan, Todd Ness, Derek Sweet, Adrian Fish, Angelo Sarukas, Darren Frost, Paul Can, Kathleen McGee, uh, myself, Turner Sparks, Nigel Grinstead, Rob Bebenek, Anthony uh, uh, Malekas, sorry, Sandra Badalini, Steve Byrne, Gareth Reynolds, Nick Beaton, Marito Lopez, Donovan Deschner, Bobby Warner, Jake Poirier, Jarrett Campbell, Nav Galley Replay, um, Kathleen McGee, Shannon Laverty, Andrew Albert, and of course, last week's guest, Zoe Rabnett. Uh, thank you, everyone, for making this podcast one of the best uh, in Canada. I am leaving with a heavy heart. I'm going to miss uh, sitting down with uh, fantastic people every week and, of course, working with the fantastic crew at Yuck Yucks. Um, they've become like family to me, and uh, these are friendships and uh, relationships I will hold on to forever. 
Um, and again, thank you for everyone for supporting the show and making it happen. Um, I'm going to get out of here before I start bawling like a baby, but, um, I will have some parting words again at the end of the, uh, episode, but, uh, today as a headliner guest, and just so I'm clear, there is a million more people that I would have loved to get on the show. Uh, of course, people like Scott Dumas and Chris LaBelle and, uh, Lori Ferguson. And I mean, there's the, uh, the, the list goes on. I was even planning on a lot of the comics coming out West, um, Jeff Paul and, and, you know, even some more of the crew over there from Toronto. Uh, so many people that I would love to have on the show, but I figured as a headline, as a great tribute, um, today I get to sit down with a very, uh, very, very talented and, and of course, le legendary promoter in Calgary, James Moore of comedy Monday night. And, uh, it is a fantastic interview. We, uh, I haven't really spent a lot of time with James. So for us to sit down and, and get to know each other and talk about some of comedy, uh, the history of comedy, uh, with his room, it was nothing short of amazing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the final episode, the yuck yucks comedy podcast. Long and McQuaid, they got the, like the, I guess like the rentals and stuff that people return after years or. I got a bag full of 58 A's. Do you really? That's what we use on Monday night. Oh man. I bring my own mics, Quality. my own cords, my own stands. Quality is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, County Monday night. I, I always tell, I, I tell people all the time, like who have ne never been, I say the sound and the lighting and everything is just like the tightest room. That I reminds think. me. What size t-shirts do you wear? Uh, I think I'm in the double XLs. I think that's the last. Uh, hey, I don't know look, those I things. Brought you, I brought you something. Oh, beautiful, man! So you're you're, you're you come bearing you're a ball gifts. Cap kind oh, of guy. thank you, sir. That's the comics panel. Oh, beautiful! And uh, I got you a T-shirt too. Dude. Oh man, this is fantastic, James. Thank you, sir. I love the swag, man. I can't see it. It looks like it says double XL to me. Beautiful. It certainly does. Cool. That's a perfect. Oh my God! I figured it out. Thank you. My that is fantastic, man. Yeah, that's what we use. 58, 58 A's. The Shures. Yeah, they're dynamite. I thought that, you know, I had good sound until I started actually buying quality equipment. And then I figured out, like, it's actually a good investment to do that stuff. It's worth it, you know? Well, like I go on the road, I got a I got a road bag. I, I I heard about this. This is like legendary. I've I've heard I've heard the myths that uh, it's almost like uh, the Blues Brother quality of like a handcuff in a briefcase with a golden <laughs> microphone. It's like <laughs> I don't know if I quite say that, but I, I do. I got a road bag, and I take a, I always take a, a mic and a stand and a cord. Oh, that's brilliant! And a clip on the road because a lot of places you go, they just they don't have one. They don't yeah, have, we got a, we got a mic, but we got no stand, <laughs> and the mics like. It's bolted to a, a podium, and right. it's got a gooseneck on it, and it's like awful. I think uh, Kevin said that you uh, you saved the show, too, because he said, uh, I think that the microphone was loose or the wire was, he said, oh, oh, hang on, I'll be right back. And he yeah, went yeah. out, you got your stuff in it, totally. He said the sound was beautiful in the room afterwards. It would have been a horrible situation otherwise. <laughs> A killer for comedy. Oh yeah, absolutely. So okay, so we were talking before before I hit I hit the record button, and and I'm glad I finally did. James Moore in the studio. Um, uh, you you were we were reminiscing here a bit about uh, about uh, your very first time watching stand up comedy, and Kevin Stobel happened to be one of the guys up there. That's that's a real thing. Um, it was at the Yuck Yucks at the Blackfoot Inn, right? In 1992. Holy shit! And that was the first live stand-up show I ever saw in my life. So it was Kevin Stobo and Jeb Fink, and there was another guy there, 
although I can't remember who that guy was specifically. Right. But he was really funny, too. Uh, one of the other comics will probably recognize his bit. But he walked out onto the stage very casually with a newspaper tucked underneath his arm. Right. And then he sat down on a chair with a cup of coffee and started reading the newspaper <laughs> to a silent room for about three minutes. And oh, then he looked shit. over the top of the paper and said, like, what do you people just start work when you get there? <laughs> um that's a great intro. It was it was at the time again, and I and then Stobo and Jeb Fink. After that, those guys were so funny and so brilliant. I didn't think that you could be that funny. And, wow! And uh, for years and years after that, really made an impression. And I can still remember some of the jokes they some told of the that bits. night. And a few years ago, I got invited to do. Um, there's a, a local TV producer. He was making this series. And it was Jeb Fink and, and Kevin Stobel were in this series. Right. It was called The Funnier Side. A local guy, Philip Spink, okay. was the producer. And he's a really cool dude. But he invited me to come and do a little a little spot in this, in this uh, little series they were doing. And so I was just chatting with Jeb, you know, in between when they were taking the shots. And I'd never had a chance to really talk to Jeb before. But right. we, were we were chatting there. And, I, and I, again, I told him, like, I remember some of the jokes that you did that night. And then I started to recite his jokes back wow. to him. And he went, oh, like, man, I don't even remember that joke. <laughs> That's unbelievable. But then, uh, again, for the last, like I was saying, for about the last... I don't know how many years I have been begging somebody to, to, to let me like go open on the road with Stobo because, <laughs> you know, again, just it all goes back to that, that first show that in 1992. Crazy. So we finally made that happen. Wow. The Kindersley, yeah. Fireman's Volunteer. <laughs> That's fireman's fantastic. Volunteer, the ball, yeah. The it was ball. great fun. That's amazing. Okay, so so let's, let's take that time piece then and move backwards a little bit. Uh, you weren't involved in comedy then, back in 1992, obviously, if you're seeing Kevin and Jeb for, for, for the first time. Uh, tell me a bit about James Moore. Where are you from? Uh, I think, if anything, you're the mystery here, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I've got so many questions for you. So, so, yeah, let's start off with that. Where are you from, and, and how did you end up at that show in Calgary? Well, I'm a, I'm a third-generation Calgarian. Holy shit. So my family's been in South Calgary, just on the outskirts of downtown for like a hundred years almost. Wow. So uh, three generations of my family went through the same school system. Wow, that's incredible. Western Canada High Western School. Western Canada High. Yeah. So that was, that was sort of where I was from. And in 1992, um, I was working and still work in commercial real estate. Right. So I was working for a real estate developer in downtown Calgary. And at that time, we were just Bankers Hall was just a brand new building, and we just wow. we just brought Bankers Hall online. Unbelievable! So we were out there. We were out there, in, in fact, with a with a corporate group at right. that show. That oh, really? That's how show, you got yeah. there? Unbelievable! Yeah, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So, commercial real estate. I mean, uh, that must be an interesting field. Are you still involved in that? Oh, absolutely. That's that's what I've been doing over in China. Well, yeah, I heard about this because yeah. I think Kevin had mentioned that uh, he goes, he goes, you got to ask James about his background, man. It's fantastic. And I was like, I, you know, I think there's so, it's so many. It's so funny because so many people that you meet in the in the comedy world in the Calgary or sorry, just in the community uh, period. 
And it's always one of the first things in my mind is like, what does this guy do full time or what does he do during the day? Uh, and, and so, yeah, tell me a bit about this, uh, China and stuff, man. That's, that's well, incredible. we're just finding stuff out here because I, I didn't know that you were in law enforcement. <laughs> right, right. Uh, up until about 10 minutes ago. Right, right. Yeah, what, what we're doing in China is, um, to give you an example, Beijing 25 years ago didn't have a high-rise building. Right. Not one. Right. And the last time I was over there, there was over 50 tower cranes Holy going up. shit. More than that, I lost count at about 50. But they wow. are building high-rise skyscrapers like you wouldn't believe. And the Chinese are really good at replicating great architecture. But the mm -hmm. thing is, they don't have the same knowledge and experience that we have in the Western world sure. to operate and maintain real estate like that. Wow. Pardon me. And that's that's my background. That's incredible. So for... For a long, long time in downtown Calgary, I worked for real estate developers, and we built office towers like Bankers Hall 1 and 2. Wow. And I was with that developer through the, the development of both of those office towers. And so my my sort of skill set was on the um, physical, mechanical operating systems for office towers. Holy shit. So that that's sort of where, where my background still is. And and then I've sort of, over the years, I've, I've sort of transitioned that into commercial real estate management and, and right. spent a lot of time going to school at night wow. instead of going out having fun with my friends. <laughs> and and it's really not a lot of fun in, in many respects. Um, I mean, it certainly in some respects leads to some, some comedy, but it sure. certainly creates a, a real appetite for comedy. <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't have I didn't have the same haircut back then. No, you're, you're more of the like, corporate look. I was yeah short back and sides. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I'm sure you know now, the look. You know, I know the, look. the look. But I'm I'm sure now you've got that reputation in the business that you pretty much say I can do what the hell whatever I want to do. Well, there's a lot of opportunity in China right now, and they need guys that have my type of background because right. they don't have any themselves. And right. it's interesting. One of my buddies that's over there, uh, he's also a, a commercial real estate guy. He's actually a guy that I worked for in Calgary who's over there now. Oh, okay. But uh, he coined a phrase. He said, you know, the, the interesting thing about the Chinese and real estate is they don't know what they don't know. Right. So they, they, do, they do a lot of things that, again, we would never do here, but... You have to also keep in mind that they've just they've just developed a, a, an office tower industry over the last twenty five years. We've had an industry in North America for more than a hundred. Right, they got so a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, they're trying to amass that entire century of background and knowledge in the last twenty five years. Wow, that's incredible. So they have a lot of really, really big, really impressive office towers. And when you go over there, how long are you there for? How long do you stay? It depends on the projects, but um, usually for a week or two. A week or two? Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated with China. I've got a lot of friends there. I've got friends there that teach English. Uh, I've got some friends there that run a comedy place. Um, and and it, it, it amazes me because I'll watch something like 60 Minutes and they'll have these, uh, you know, stories on on there's like massive amounts of of malls and land and and buildings and stuff like that that are not they're all empty they have all this empty real estate that people buy but it's just sitting there like nobody's living in them or i don't know what the deal is have you seen some of these like ghost cities they call them or something like that 
I, I'm aware of some of what you're, you? what you're talking <laughs> it's about. Fascinating shit. But I haven't been to any of those places yet. Like I've been to places like Beijing, where downtown, you know, there's they're... there's not a vacant square foot anywhere. <laughs> That's incredible. So it's yeah, I've, I've heard those country. same stories. But yeah, if you get the opportunity, go. Everybody should go. It's absolutely amazing. Did you have a chance to check out the comedy scene there at all, or or was there much well, of one? You know, I did. I did. Uh, I did tell a few jokes while I was there. But you know, there's there's. I mean, if there is an expatriate comedy circuit in Beijing, it's certainly um, not apparent. Right. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I'm not saying it isn't there. I'm just saying it's very difficult to find. It's a hard, it's a hard one to you find. You said you had a buddy in Shanghai. I do. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of guys, Turner Sparks and Andy Curtin, that run uh, Kung Fu Comedy, I think it is. And, uh, and yeah, it's very interesting to hear. I've had them both on the show. And uh, they give very interesting perspective on on what their on what their uh, experiences have been in China and stuff like that. It's pretty fascinating stuff, yeah, and especially the comedy stuff. Uh, I think they can only bring out one headliner a month, type of thing, and then they kind of take the bullet trains around and and to as many spots as they can. But even maneuvering around some of the government stuff and and uh, just getting some of those first clubs off the ground and stuff, it was a lot of work. It, was, it seemed to be. Uh, uh, a lot of trials and tribulations, but it seems to have paid off now. They got quite a pretty good circuit going, I guess. And and uh, but yeah, I'd love to go check that out. It seems like a fascinating place to be. You should go. Everybody should go. Yeah. What What's the reaction there when when you're there? I mean, people probably look at they probably see not as many Westerners, but I mean, when when they when they see someone with with the hair and the, and the the whole look, I mean, what do you get a lot of picture requests and stuff? No, I can't say with any degree of certainty but there are people who i am reasonably certain i was the first white guy they've ever seen <laughs> and and their their culture you know there's things over there that are acceptable that we don't do so for sure. example if if you found yourself uh looking too long at a pretty girl and she caught your gaze and you made eye contact what right. would you, what would you do Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd probably initiate the next step. You'd there. look away, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, yeah. What, but not the Chinese. They just, like, they, just they just, they, they make that eye contact <laughs> and then they just maintain it. And then they just stare at you mouth agape no and continue way. to stare. They're not even polite about it. They don't even try and glance away. They just look at you like they, they own it. <laughs> third eye. I'm wearing something that belongs to them. I don't know. What that was That's all a about. fascinating culture, man. It's, That's uh, one aspect, and then the other aspect is the the ones that think they've seen me someplace before. Right, right. And I was telling, I was telling, uh, there's a guy that I've been traveling over there with the last few times I've been over. His name's Dave, and I call him Chicken Head Dave uh, because <laughs> <laughs> he was eating chicken heads one night. That's another story. <laughs> but but uh, I was telling him about well, yeah, last time I was over, it was really weird because everywhere I went, if I stopped on the street, all of a sudden people would come rushing up to me and they would grab onto me and one of them would take a picture, usually wow. a crowd of little girls, yeah, like little Chinese 22-year-old yeah. girls, and one of them would take a picture and then they would just vanish. <laughs> and if that happened once, it would have been weird. <laughs> But it happened everywhere I went, and, and I was telling him that, and he said, "Oh no, that's that's just, just bullshit. I don't believe it." And so then we did that trip over there. We went to a, a south coast right a city in China, and that's what was happening. Like we're walking around, and he couldn't believe it. He said, "Well, next time we go over, I'm carrying an empty guitar case and following you." <laughs> that's so right, right now, I suspect right now in China, there's probably some 
young lady sitting in front of a computer through sketchy internet service who's <laughs> right. trying to find me on the internet to figure <laughs> out who I am. Oh, you know that's happening. They got mobbed like a rock star. That's it's amazing. funny, um, but yeah. That is great. <laughs> a little disconcerting. <laughs> oh, man. They've I, never seen anything like this. <laughs> it's an icon over there. They've been through the building statues of you right now. Yeah, well... <laughs> There's some famous Canadians that have been over there. There is, yeah, absolutely. So you should get over there. I, I, I need to. I, I have a feeling though, if I do, it's going to turn into one of those. Uh, uh, what's that? Uh, what's that movie with uh, Apocalypse Now? I'll just go native. I'll just, I'll, I'll find a place to stay and just live there. I'm sure I'll stay. It's the same thing I get. Like my brother went to Thailand, or you know, he went to Bali and all these places, and he's just like, man, it's such a different place. And it, even the the friend of mine that's uh, teaching English over there, I got two. Two friends that when the economy went down here, they went over there to teach English, and they said, "Man, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm not coming back." Like they, they seem like they really, really love the country, love the people. Well, they they uh, don't let you stay. That's the thing, you right? Know? Right. Uh, my buddy was telling me uh, this is a real thing that happened in Beijing. It was a Friday night. Uh, the local constabulary uh, descended upon a nightclub and they surrounded the place. And then they went in and everybody in there had to take a drug test. Really? And if you were an expatriate anything and you had anything in your system, system at all, they threw you out of the country that night. Holy shit. So, you know, there's some downsides. They don't... <laughs> <laughs> you, wow. you can come here, but don't don't have too much fun or stay too long. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll have checks and balances here. To there's some life. things you don't see in China. Wow. Like, you don't crazy. see homeless people. There are no homeless people. There's no graffiti. There are no street gangs. They really run it tight. There's, like... They don't. They don't talk about their government. I think that's perhaps part of the problem with things like comedy clubs. Yeah. Because comedians have a tendency to... to attack right the political structure of wherever they happen to be sure. at any given moment which is not a really smart thing to do in right. communist china yeah that's what the i think it was andy was was saying that he said they were really weary about large gatherings of public speaking when you're you know make jokes about the government and even when i had him on the show we were talking over skype and stuff and he said hey just so you know the internet can cut out at any time there's no there's no consistency to that stuff. Oh, they turn it off. They turn it off. He said, it just literally like, you know, something's happening or whatever. They'll sh shut it right down. Like, they but they don't even have to have something happen. They just, <laughs> they just okay, it's He's rolling blackouts. At, at three, better turn it off. Wow. Just no, just There's randomness. No, nothing at all. That's incredible. And, and what they, what they, I mean... You have to look already what they what they don't block. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of there's a lot of content you can't get at anyway. Right, right. But there's some stuff that you can get at, and but they don't want you to they don't want you to be you know imparting or receiving too much Western culture values and yeah, information. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Wow, that's incredible. Same thing with TV; they just turn it off. Wow. You can get CNN or, or right. I think you get BBC. Right. But like I say, it's it's sporadic. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. It's like heat. <laughs> they turn that off too. Do, do they really? Oh yeah, central heating district. Wow, that is crazy. It's okay. It's um, it's March. Better turn the heat off. Wow, I had no idea it was like that. Yeah, that is fascinating. Are you looking forward to going back though? Do you like oh, do you like I, taking trips? Over? Well, that's the thing. I'm perhaps I'm negotiating right now with some. 
real estate folks to go and do a project in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Shanghai wow. Tower, which is 5 million square feet. Holy shit. One of the biggest office towers on the planet right now. That is crazy. And they just they just opened it up and so they need a little they need a little help, so That's incredible. We're looking at going back to that one. <laughs> that is nuts, man. I can't believe that you do that work. That's you know, crazy. it's it's back and forth, and the worst part is the flight. I get off the flight, and I'm still on killer. the flight for two days. Yeah. You know that feeling? I bet. I bet. And you're still like... Yeah. <laughs> Time has not caught up with you yet. Riding the, riding the waves. That's crazy. How did you get to the legendary Comedy Monday Night? I mean, if you weren't involved in comedy, when did you, when, how did you get involved in it? Well, that's an interesting question. It's just, you know, again, like I, I told you about starting out uh, seeing my first show in 1992, and, and perhaps it's Kevin Stobo and Jeb Fink's fault that for whatever reason, um, guys like them can make something like comedy look so deceptively easy that anybody, even me, I, you know, would think about, I could do that. Right. And so for a really long time, I guess that was sort of a, a in the back of my mind, a, a thing I wanted to try. and. Mm-hmm. Once I had an opportunity to try it once, that was kind of it. But I got kind of a late start. Like, I I never stepped on a comedy stage for the first time until I was 43. No shit. Yeah. And at that time it, in Calgary, there was only the Yucks. There was no other clubs. There was no independence. There was no open, no open mics. Mic there was nothing, absolutely huh? nothing. And if you wanted to get on stage, you had to go down on Tuesday night. They had a, they had a, a workshop at 6 o'clock. And so the headliner for the following weekend would right. come down on the Tuesday night and at six they would do a little bit of a workshop and then at seven o'clock they would draw numbers to see who got on the show. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the interesting thing is when they did the workshop, because I, I didn't miss it for four and a half years. Wow. During the workshop, you'd look around the room and there would be like me and six other guys. Right. <laughs> and then at seven o'clock, all of a sudden, like 45 guys would appear out of thin air <laughs> and they would draw numbers and like... You could never you, get a fair you, shake on that well, one. Well, you're not getting a number for a really long time. And it occurred to me, like, if I really want to do anything with comedy, I'm I'm going to have to go and start a show. Right. And again, at that time, there were no other shows. There were no examples. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had seen a couple other guys had attempted open mic shows that, you know, typically lasted about maybe 90 days and right. then they would get thrown out and we don't want that stuff here right. no more. That kind of thing. <laughs> We're losing business. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you take a pack up and you go that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was just really a response to one time there was a, there was a headliner came through and he, he told me, well, you know what, James, until you've been on stage a hundred times, you haven't been on stage at all. Wow. And I started doing the math and I was never going to get <laughs> to the hundred. <laughs> I was never going to get to a hundred. So I started a show and really it was just, it was just an attempt to try and to get stage time. Wow. That's incredible. And, and, and was that, where was that at when you first started out? Oh, that was down at down in the basement at Dickens Pub, and Dickens Pub is still there, but they've Dickens changed. Pub. Where that owner, owner manager? Oh, okay. Changes perhaps three. Why does that sound so familiar, Dickens Pub? Where, where is if that? If you're at? going Ninth Avenue into downtown, right? Um, just past Millennium 
Park. Right. On the left-hand side. Ah, I remember that place now. Yeah. They, they do a lot of they do a lot of indie band. Right, right. Indie music type stuff wow. down there. That's incredible. And it's, so how long were you there room. for? It was a nice room. I really liked it down there. It was a big room. Right. And it was really hard to fill. Right. But back in those days on Monday, they had pool league. So we had guys clacking balls back there and <laughs> Then they have other guys. It'd be the hockey pool going on over there. <laughs> Mike Wilmot wandered in there one night. Guys didn't even lift their heads. They had no idea. Yeah, who was like among one them. of the biggest comics on the planet just walked in here. That that really big clank, clank that you heard. That was my job, by the way, hitting the table because <laughs> Wilmot just walked in, and he got up there and absolutely destroyed like twelve comics in the room. Right. And after he got off, I had this I had this T-shirt, this Comedy Monday Night T-shirt. And I wanted to give him a T-shirt, and so I walked over and I said, "Well, you know what, Mike? Uh, if you don't mind, I I really appreciate it if I could just give you this T-shirt." And he took it and he shook it out and it said "Comedy Monday Night" on it. And then he looked at me. He said, "You know what?" He said, "There's a lot of comics in Toronto I hate. I see them wearing your T-shirt." <laughs> So, yeah, he took the T-shirt. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's become such a legendary brand. I mean, Comedy Monday Night. Um, I know that when I first uh, ventured into the comedy world, uh, the comedy community, I mean, it, it's the place to go. And and that was, I mean, everybody that I've met in the industry, uh, I've seen some amazing shows there. I remember the first time I went to go see a show there. Um, I don't even remember who was headlining that night. Um I think Hunter Collins was actually hosting. Uh, I think it was Hunter Collins, and um, God, I don't remember who was who was the headliner. But man, it was a fantastic show. Uh, I remember seeing, uh, hearing. I, I I think what it was for me was that I never thought a room could sound so good, and the comics just it felt like every joke was just hitting and hitting and hitting and all night long. And I thought, man, uh, it, it felt. I remember writing on my phone. I remember taking notes. So it was almost like I felt like I was doing a review of the place. And I was thinking, man, like this is, I watched something special happen this evening. Cause it, it, you don't come across those types of comedy shows very often. Um, and you've had that history for a very, very long time. When did that room, when did that become the place to be? Or, or was it, I mean, was it when you moved into broken city? Like wh when did that stuff happen? I think I think there was there was always some of that um, draw, even when we were in Dickens, just by virtue of the fact that we were the only other mic. Right. So guys would come down because they were in town. They would come down because well, that, that was the only other place to go, and it really turned the corner once we went to Broken City. That's right. When it, because again, you wouldn't think it would make that much difference just crossing the railway tracks sure. it made a huge difference because now broken cities in what, what's a high density residential mm -hmm. neighborhood. So there's a lot of people, professional couples and, and professional people that live in those high rise office towers in right. that area that come out and, sure. and you know, we've made it, we've made our presence in that, in that area known well enough that they come out and they come out regularly and support the shows and support the comics and then they go to other shows. They see, they see guys that that come down on a Monday that they know they're going to be at the club on the weekend, and and so they go to the club because they saw that guy on a Monday night. Right. And part of that formula, you can see that that headliner, 
on a Monday night and you're not going to see his whole show. Mm-hmm. You're just going to see enough of his show that now you want to go and see the rest of that show. Right. And so, uh, we've, we've, uh, partnered up with, with Angie and Jim and the nice folks at the Calgary Yuck Yucks and they right. give us tickets and we send them audience. Yeah. And again, it's just in a response to, to, to a great show. And, and I think it's a, it's sort of a, a nice little commentary on the on the community we, that we've built. So sure, we do the same thing with the other clubs. They also give us tickets, and right. and we send them audience as well. So that's fantastic. We've we've kind of worked our way into the into the community that way, and right with, into the industry, I suppose. And because we've been going for so long, and and people know that you know if we if we book a show, we can go out there on a Monday night and have a really good time, mm-hmm. and. I hear from guys when they're setting their tours up to come out west, and I invite them all to to drop me a line, and yeah, I book as many as I can. We'd love to have all those touring comics drop in, and you know, it's great for everybody. It's, it's it, it makes for such a fantastic show, and and uh, and and just to see the uh, the mix of people that come through on a weekly basis, uh, it, it's just nothing short of fascinating. Who stands out for you? I mean, I know that's a tough question to probably answer, but I mean, you've had some legendary people stop by. You've had some amazing celebrity guests. And if anybody has a chance to go check out the website, I strongly encourage them to do so. Uh, you've got a great gallery up there. You've got some you know, fantastic pictures. And, and uh, I think what I've learned as well is that there is a way to get on the show. You don't just show up and say, hey, I want on. Like there's a, there's a format. There's, a, there's, there's some structure to, to how you get on Comedy Monday Night. Um, who stands out for you, though, as far as uh, people that have just blown you away? Um, well, that's that's a tough question because we've had we've had some local kids that uh, I'm really I'm really proud of that mm-hmm. have, you know started a comedy Monday night and now they're out there you know they're making a big noise. We've had Amanda uh, Brook Perrin and Chris Griffin and. Mm-hmm. Um, who else have we had from Calgary? A lot of really you've had some killers kids. come out of yeah that unbelievable unbelievable and you still uh, you guys still provide a lot of opportunity for up and coming t- comics to come up and, and showcase some of their stuff. I know that just just for laughs was just in town they showcased there and uh, I was just I was just so felt like I was just so touched that to look at the, of who was up that tonight and to see so many local young kids, man, like to give them a shot is that's fantastic. That's unbelievable. That's part of, part of, um, what we're sort of based upon is our fundamental is to try and provide opportunities. And we just don't provide opportunities for stage time. We also, I, I like to think part of what we're doing is, is we're, we're developing comedians. Mm-hmm. So you're right. There is a process to get on our show. You have to go to our website. We've got a guide that we've put on there. We we try and make sure that they understand the etiquette that right. uh, we appreciate in the room. You know, I'm I'm one of those guys that I'm I'm not I'm not a hack on the audience guy. I don't mm-hmm. want people hacking on the audience. It's hard to put asses in seats. Sure. I walk in a, to to shows and and you know you've seen it yourself. Right. Nobody wants to sit in the front row. Right. And they don't want to sit in the front row because they think that somebody's going to hack on them. So sure. again, this is part of the etiquette that we've we've tried to we've tried to establish in the, in the the minds and the hearts of the comedians that that come across our stage. Right. And I'd also like to think that you know they take that knowledge and that information, and when they go other places, when they travel to to Vancouver or Toronto or 
into the States or into the UK that they now have a solid uh, stage etiquette fundamentals that will make them welcome anywhere. Right. So we're we're trying to, we're trying to build comics. We're trying to develop comics. We're not just providing stage time. Right. So you have to also keep in mind, it doesn't help, it doesn't help the show if somebody gets up on the stage and dies. Right. Right. So we're trying to, we're trying to provide them with the insight that they will need to know when they get there. Right. Again, so that they can focus on trying to get the jokes out and, and, and be comedians. That's, so. Yeah, it's such a it's a great great system. Uh, speak to some of the celebrities that you've had stop by. I know, uh, just looking at as I mentioned before, the website alone, uh, people like Zach Galifianakis. I know that uh, you recently had uh, Hannibal in stop by, and Hannibal Burris dropped in. Unbelievable! Uh, I have to plug Chris Lavelle now. Yeah, <laughs> well, he yeah he brought him, man. It was fantastic. Well, I, I don't know that he brought him, but he certainly made sure that he knew where to go and what On the address the, was, and yeah. and the day and the time, and probably gave him cab fare and <laughs> whatever so, you could do to bring him to Chris Lavelle. Chris Lavelle, good guy. Good guy. He did. He dropped in on on a Monday night just out of the blue, and yeah, got and. Up and, and, and and I'll speak to this. That didn't come without controversy. That that was a that was an interesting thing without mentioning names. Uh, but it that speaks as well to some of the etiquette about comedy, about uh, uh, you know having respect for people that drop in with uh, with that type of a background and allowing them to to come on to the show. Uh, it's I know that was a, a big thing, but uh, it, it I thought you handled it gracefully. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be involved in any level of controversy. I, I still don't. Although I will say that that I was overwhelmed with the level of support that I received mm-hmm. from coast to coast from comedians. Um, a lot that I know and respect. A lot that I don't didn't previously know that I know now and, sure. and really respect. Um, but I never wanted to find out that way. Right. Right. But. Yeah, it was. It was. It's good to see the community step up, though. And and uh, Mark Breslin weighed in on my behalf. So. I, I and I and I was I was I remember I reading that post and I thought to myself, man, Mark Breslin never comments on anything unless someone dies or there's something like massive that happens that uh, that uh, that he chimes in on. And I don't see him comment a lot on Facebook. So to see that long post and and uh, man, that was that was something else. A level of support that I I didn't even understood that I have, but I appreciated on on so many levels and, yeah. and to any of the comics that, that are listening, I, I want to thank them for their support. That's awesome. That's I, I never wanted to, and I'm not going to get into the, sure. any of the, but that guy that, that did it that night again, I I'm, I'm sorry that, that he was upset. I am right. that the intent was never to show anyone any disrespect, mm-hmm. but I have to sort of remember that I have an obligation uh, to the people that are in that room right? and to not put, a Hannibal Burris on that stage, regardless of who was on there before him or when he sure. walked into that room, would have been an incredible, incredible disservice to that audience. And I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm sorry that that guy was upset, but uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I did what I, I thought was right. I didn't right. intend to upset anybody in the process. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we've been very fortunate. Yes, we had Hannibal Burris. Zach Galifianakis is a, is a, a great little story. I ID'd Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Tell me this: How did this happen? Well, he just he just walked in Was unremarkably in and sat at the back of the room incognito. <laughs> you know, because he wasn't he, he wasn't Alan. 
All right. Mm-hmm. He was not Alan. So the beard was cut pretty close. Right. The hair was cut. He lost a lot of weight. He was wearing a hat and a pair of glasses. Oh, he so came in and sat at the back of the room. Nobody would have recognized him then. Nobody did recognize him. <laughs> and then he walked up to me maybe two-thirds of the way through the show, and he said, you're the guy running the show, aren't you? And I said, yeah. He says, uh, well, I'd like to jump up and do five minutes. By the way, I'm really funny. My name's Zach Galifianakis. Holy shit. And I just looked at him, and I said, sure you are. <laughs> you called him out. No way. If you're Zach Galifianakis, you probably have some identification to back that up. <laughs> so he gets out his wallet, and he starts slapping ID down on the counter in front of me, and one of them was his, his driver's license in the state of California and right. I picked it up and it's Zach Galifianakis <laughs> and it was spelled right and the picture on the driver's license that was Alan from the hangover with That's, the beard with yeah the, the that whole... was Alan so like okay this guy's legit <laughs> yeah. he's absolutely legit wow. and he went up on the stage and, and absolutely destroyed for five minutes and I got a couple of uh, quick snapshots Yeah, and those are on the website but he went up there and absolutely destroyed for five minutes but when he got up there, because the, the host that night, uh, Asia Alpha, right? she said it very unremarkably because when I told her, like, the next guy on the on the show isn't the guy on the list, the next guy on the show is going to be Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> so she's looking at me like, what is he doing here? He's, he's The other shoe is about to drop. So when she did the intro, it was sort of unremarkable. Ladies right. and gentlemen, your next performer is Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> And then heads snap around and they go, that's not Zach Galifianakis. And then he gets up and he takes off the hat and takes off the glasses. Then you could hear it. People are going, holy fuck, that's Zach Galifianakis. People are taking it in. Wow. So he absolutely slaughters for five minutes. And then he comes back. He sits at the back of the room. And and I was chatting with him. And uh, I apologized, you know, for busting his balls (laughs) over the ID. And he laughed at me. He thought it was funny. And I got him to take a photo. He and I took a photo. Yeah. And a shoe phone. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Picture. And, and uh, Chris Griffin took a picture also. No way. Me and Zach Galifianakis. And then the next day, uh, he posted it, Chris Griffin. He posted this photo on, on, my, on my Facebook right. page. And underneath the photo, he wrote the following caption. He said, for almost nine years, comics have been wondering what it takes to get a walk-on spot at Comedy Monday Night. And last night, that question was answered. (laughs) That's brilliant. A total box office in excess of $10 billion and three pieces of ID, which was hilarious. Oh, my God. The bar has been set. (laughs) if If the story had ended there... That would have been sort of enough, but not quite. Right. But it didn't end there. So this is where it gets really sort of a little bit weird because you remember Gian Gameshi at CBC. Correct. Yeah. He was on Q. Yes. Right. Q Live. And his last Q Live interview was recorded in the Broad Theater in Los Angeles, California, in front of a theater audience. And his interview subject that night was Zach Galifianakis. Holy shit. Zach Galifianakis had two topics of conversation that day. The second thing he talked about was his new movie, Birdman. Go see it. It's remarkable. Yeah. The first thing that he talked about is when he came to Comedy Monday Night and met me. (laughs) That must have been, when you heard that, you must have fell out of your seat. I have the link for that. If you go to my website, website. you can go watch, you can go watch the interview. It's, it's a live interview. That is incredible. 
So, and here's what I get out of that. This is the thing that I find is the coolest, uh, at least to me, because in their lifetime, a lot of us will meet a celebrity once and we will never forget meeting that celebrity. Right, right. I met a celebrity once. That celebrity is never going to forget meeting (laughs) me. I never thought of it like that. That's absolutely true. That's brilliant. So, yeah, I'm the guy that ID Tech Elfenagas. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. And we had the Fargo guys in there a couple of years. Because they shoot right here in Calgary. Yeah. They do. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told me that um, Jim Gaffigan's on the cast this year, so we're hoping he drops in. I get these uh, emails from a casting friend of mine, and yeah, I've, I've, seen these, I've seen these production notes before where they've said the stars that are coming to town, it's pretty, yeah. That Jim, would if be, you're out there, we'd love to see you. We'd love Monday. to have you at Comedy Monday. ComedyMondayNight.com. <laughs> you know what though what does that what does that say about how does that feel to know that 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 you are uh that your room that you created and, and that you run every week has become a canadian institution how does that feel well um I mean, to every be headliner. With you, I'm not sure that I would call it a Canadian institution that's not right. for me to say uh, perhaps for others right. I can certainly tell you that from my perspective you know my my I, my whole focus is just getting the show on every every week. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at it, you know, I, I have a little bit of a myopic perspective of it because I only see it from the level of where I'm, you know, making the effort where, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. So I don't, I don't really sort of take this stand back perspective that others have the opportunity to take. And right. I appreciate that perspective, although, again... I can kind of see why they might have that perspective, but it's not the it's not the view that I have. You know, I think we're we're just a, I think we're just a very humble little comedy Monday night show in Calgary. That's, you gotta you gotta admit, man, you gotta you gotta look at that and say every Monday there's some magic that happens down there. I mean, there's some great shows that happen down there. It's, we have a great time. We have a great crowd. We have great comedians. We have we have the, all of the necessary ingredients for magic to occur. Right. And and as it applies to to the art of stand up comedy, I'm here to suggest that it's not necessarily magic. Okay, <laughs> the magic magic has never occurred at a comedy show ever. If there's ever right. been a good comedy show any place ever on the planet, it's because somebody took the time and spent the attention to the detail to make that a, a show. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I just I just focus on making it a show. And and we've had some great guys down there. And I love Monday nights. I don't care what anybody says. Monday is my favorite day of the week. I can't wait <laughs> for Monday. I absolutely can't. That's fantastic. I've missed it? over a decade decade of Monday TV. I have no idea <laughs> well, what the hell happened. More than on Monday. ten years of I, I don't know what's on there. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, I, like I've been across the country. I've been to Toronto. I've been to Halifax. You know, Vancouver, coast to coast, and and. Uh, the one thing I hear comics say every single time is, "If you go to Calgary, you do Comedy Monday Night." That's just that's where I think I get the the moniker of institution. I think um, it, to to hear it from every comic from coast to coast uh, that says something. Obviously, that, that speaks to the uh, the history of the room and the job that you do putting on a great show every week. Uh, you also, as we talked about, gave a lot of you give a lot of opportunities. Uh, to up-and-comers, amateurs, uh, stuff like that. I've been down there. How do you formulate your show? How do you know? I mean, 
obviously you you I don't know what system that you 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 use whether it's like a lottery system or if you just you know pick people or or how it all works but what are some of the elements that what's some of the the foundations that you think are are that make a successful show because I know that you focus a lot obviously on production value production value is a huge thing uh but uh at some point you obviously have to factor in putting on a great show uh, aside from the production part of lights and sound and everything else. And the, there's asses in the seats. I mean, you wear a lot of hats there. Well, you never know if it's going to be a great show. <laughs> that's the, that's the beauty of it. Wait you, you just, until you, Monday you never night. know that. Like right. I say, you, you throw the, the ingredients together and you, and you hope, you hope it all works out. But sure. That's, that's nothing that you can preconceive. The great shows happen because circumstance, every show is different. There's, there's, you can never replicate a show. It's mm-hmm. only ever, it's like a snowflake. It's only ever one time. Right. So what I do is I try and create uh, an an environment, an atmosphere where comedians can do well, mm-hmm. and that's that's really the again. And if guys from other parts of the country are saying that, it's because again they recognize that we've created an environment where, where they can come in and they can have fun and they can do well. We've we've built the right type of of atmosphere in the room for them, and, right. and, and I'm glad guys say that, and I'm glad they recognize that. And mm-hmm. I think you know again, there's a lot of comedy shows across the country that if they took you know even a couple of ounces of what we've done um the whole level of the industry could could be lifted up a little bit higher you know right. what i mean it's like the the analogy that i i use is i don't know if you've ever seen a free strip show anywhere have you ever seen one jake have you I don't ever think seen so. strippers for free <laughs> i don't think in my lifetime <laughs> no and if you did it probably wasn't good <laughs> It wasn't. We're going to go it on the It was at the TNC on a Saturday afternoon, and it was drunk and awful. That's the way it was. But that's, that's again, if you look at it in terms of comedy, I'd like to think that we could collectively take the industry right. up to the level of stripper. Right. <laughs> that's great. Maybe we could get High there aspirations, we man. pulled together. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you should do the comedy Monday night suitcase where everybody lives out of the suitcase like the stripper does every time they uh, they go to a brand new venue. Well, I think <laughs> most of them are already living out of suitcases by the time they get there. <laughs> there That's it, one man. of the reasons they come to see me, I think. <laughs> it's a refreshing change <laughs> from a hotel. <laughs> one of the questions I've been dying to ask you. Uh, have you ever had a night just go completely sideways? Have you, have you had people get on that you've never seen that you're like, Oh my God, this is, or, or has it been for the most part, pretty, pretty subtle as far as, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's, 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 you know, there's people that, you know, have bombed obviously, but I mean, have you ever dealt with people there that you're just like, I got to yank this guy off the stage immediately? Not really. No. Never not been any really. something. I'm, like... I'm not going to say it's never happened. I think it happened <laughs> one time when I was not there, right? Um, but not very often. Again, we 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 structure the show in such a way that again, if you're an audience member, right, y- you've been there before, and even if you haven't, uh, you understand that based on the format of the show, that even if that last guy was was awful, mm-hmm. the next guy is going to be funny, right? Right. So that's what we do. We we try and structure the show in such a way that we never put more than two first timers on a show, mm-hmm. right? Because you can only have you know potential for so much so much suck in one show. Sure. <laughs> so you want to limit your risk there if you can. And there's a lot of there's a lot of local kids that are really funny. Mm-hmm. That you know, in between, in between the first timers and the headliner, there's lots of room to to slot in some of those great local kids that we yeah. have that are so funny. 
Do you have any favorites off the hand? I mean, I know it's hard oh, to name all names, my but... favorites. They are <laughs> I knew you were going to say favorites. that. Try to get I am an never right going to have kids, Jake. I have never, <laughs> ever have. They are all my kids. They're all your favorites. We have, we have some standouts, you know, uh, absolute standouts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to name them all. Oh, I know. I know. It's tough, though. There's a long, long list of kids here locally. Have you... Uh, have you had a lot of uh of acts that uh that you've i mean obviously you've got people uh that have done a lot of time here in calgary or grew up here in calgary and went off to the larger markets like uh, people like allison june smith who've gone off to the uk and and uh people like uh eddie delicepi and chris gordon and all those types of guys that try to make the move to la and all that type of stuff uh but they always seem to have a home when they come back here they always seem to go back to comedy monday night and it's kind of a home for them and uh, creating that type of environment speaks volumes about the type of room that Comedy Monday Night is. Uh, have you ever thought, you know, that you need a larger venue? I mean, you sell out all the time. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of. I've been there before where there's no seats left uh, in the house. Uh, Broken City is a pretty historical place. There's been a lot of bands there. I've seen my brother's band play over there before. Um, a lot standing, of history there. It's a mixed standing seating room. Yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, has that ever, you ever aspired to do bigger shows than what the capacity is there? Because I'm sure if you went out and if you wanted to sell a theater, you could sell a theater out. I think, I think we are really, really happy mm-hmm. at Broken City. And I'll tell you why. Because Broken City really gets us. Mm-hmm. And basically what they do is... They have enough uh, faith in in what we've been doing. We've been there doing it long enough, and we've we've been successful enough that basically they just give me their bar and their staff every week on a Monday night. Right. And the staff down there, they understand what what a good comedy show needs to look like, mm-hmm. and and they just get it. Right. They just get it, and and in, even if they don't get it, you know, well. If James said that's what we should do, just just do it. Okay? Trust just them. do it. Yeah, yeah. And they do. And and you know, I've been really lucky because we haven't had anything go seriously, seriously wrong. Right. We've had a, a you know few little hiccups along the way, but mm-hmm. we have great supportive management. Uh, Broken City is it's a legendary um, independent music venue, which is perfect for us. Right. So. You know what? I, I don't think I don't think unless the place burnt down that we, we ever have any desire to leave Broken City. I think Comedy Monday Night and Broken City are a great fit, mm-hmm. and as long as they'll have us there, yeah. we'll stay. And if there was an opportunity to do other things on the side, I, I'm welcome and open to any of those types of opportunities that might come my way. Right. But right now, again. My focus is comedy Monday night yeah. and, and trying to make sure that again we've got a, a great a great local uh, venue for local kids to get up and, and learn their art. Mm-hmm. And I I gotta say I mean every show without remiss I mean you guys make sure to thank the staff there on every single show. I know that uh, that's. Uh, something that you take very, very seriously about the treatment of the staff there and that they're treated with respect. And uh, it seems like a very cohesive place. It seems like a great, great place. Oh, they're the best. I love all those kids down there, Camille yeah. and Daisha and um, Kim at the door and yeah. Roberta and Kim all those kids. Kim at the door is fantastic too, man. I remember walking and she just got that, what are you doing here? What do you need? <laughs> She's great, man. That's Roberta. Roberta, that's, yeah, the other one. 
Kim's the big guy. Kim's the big guy. That's right. That's right. Nice guy though. Super oh, nice guy. Great. They Everybody's are so great. awesome. They, like I say, they know they know what a good comedy show needs, and and they just they just make it happen every week. That's fantastic. It's, it's not just me. You know, again, I'm I'm it's not prepared effort. to take credit for for all of it because there's a lot of other people that have backed me up for years. Mm-hmm. There's local comics that have backed me up for years. You know, and you, you said uh, one of the names yourself, Allison Allison Smith, right? And you know what? I, I would kill two or three kids to make room on a show for Allison <laughs> any day. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock the, the kids. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. Allison is, is really, she's special. And, yeah. and she and Comedy Monday Night are, 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 are two fantastic things when you yeah. see them together. Absolutely. Um, there's other local guys. Daryl Mack has, has been... Uh, a real supporter for a long time. Yeah, he seems to be a huge supporter over there. Yeah, he's, he's been he's really been part of you know the the making it happen. The yeah. the uh, the whole TV series is kind of uh, Daryl Mack uh, in incarnation. So yeah. he's uh, he he sort of brought that sort of to to the fruition. Yeah, yeah. cool. Because oh, I was going to mention that next. I mean, uh, you guys ventured into the uh, kind of the TV business on that side of things. And uh, it's, a, it's a great show. I was, I've watched a, a few episodes uh, uh, after Birth Alley. And uh, it, it, tell me a bit, bit about that. How did that all come to, come to be? Well, again, um, it's just, it's just a, an opportunity to try and, and showcase you know a lot of a lot of great comics, and mm-hmm. we already have all of the other vital ingredients. We got the stage, we got the audience, we got the lights, the sound, everything that we need, and we've had a lot of epic shows that you know. Again, we kick ourselves now because we didn't have a camera running. Right, right. What this really is, it's an opportunity to try and not just showcase a lot of great comics and and local comics and and Alberta comics, right, and Western comics and Canadian comics. Because um, we're showcasing uh, as many of those guys as we can. We're trying to, to give them some profile. Right. But we're also trying to give the viewers some insight as to how that comedy occurs. Where mm-hmm. where do those jokes come from? And how right. did that guy come up with that premise? Like, that's just so bizarre and funny. How did that happen? Right. So it makes for some interesting... Conversations. Um, yeah. Insight to the to the process of comedy. And a lot of people don't really they don't understand how difficult and and um ongoing that process is sure so when somebody like just for laughs comes down and and a lot of people think well you know that just for laughs thing why don't why don't you go get on that can you get on that because then you'd be well they don't understand how difficult it is to get on that right right we did a a little um documentary of our our just for laughs experience there Mm -hmm. and it's going to be an episode in our upcoming season wow but that's what we see the the vehicle the the show is it's an opportunity to try and showcase not just the comics but the process that leads up to to great comedy and right. so the 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 synopsis is we take it's like a, a pro sports interview after the big play right right we take we take the superstar right off of the field and before he has a chance to to cool down or, or relax Bask in his glory it's yeah. we're we're now talking about what just happened up there and that's and, fantastic and how that all occurred and and so yes we have we have one season that's already that's already completed and aired and we're working on season two that's fantastic let's talk a bit about um the landscape of comedy in canada and and i know that uh 
Actually, we need to take a drink break here. I'm Need just going to grab a beer. Can Let's we do keep it. Going and just Absolutely. It? They're just around the corner. Let's do that. All right. So, the landscape of comedy. Can we be doing more in Canada? Can is there is there enough opportunities? I mean, you've you've toured around. You're, you're a professional uh, comic as as well. You're not not just host Comedy Monday Night. There's a there's a person behind all this. Uh, the way that the comedy landscape is now, I mean, it seems that uh, Canada is a, a place where a lot of comics uh, have a hard time. You know, they struggle a bit in their career of trying to make a living at it and try to do this stuff full full the time. It's not an easy gig, um, and a lot of you, you probably see a lot of comedians uh, once they hit that type of proverbial ceiling in Canada, they they tend to go off to larger markets. They'll go to New York or L.A. or the U.K. or what have you. Uh, is that something? Are we doing enough for comedy in Canada? What needs to uh, change? I suspect that really, and, and you're starting to see some of that change now, there's other industry. Right. Before, there was no movie or television industry in Canada if you were a Canadian actor, comedian, or performer, you had no choice. You had to leave. But if you look at what's going on right now, we've got that new sound stage that they're they're just opening up here in Calgary. We've right. got a pretty vibrant local movie industry. We've got Fargo's here and lots of big budget productions have been here and, and I think there's gonna be more of that. And if you look at some of the Canadian content that's uh being produced right now and some of it is so great mm -hmm. like uh, Jerry D's show Mr. D is right. so awesome yeah I love that show I, oh it's you, you can't say enough about it and then there's another show uh, called Seed I don't know if you've seen that I haven't show. seen Seed yet no another really great Canadian production um, there's that other production that has Harlan Williams and Jay Malone it's called right. Package Deal have you seen that one I've, I've heard of it I haven't seen it yet though that one is also, and I don't know if they're still doing it or not, right? Um, but really well done. Like yeah. A Canadian sitcom that's really good. That's what, you know, you know what, and because I, I, when I when I came back here to, to Calgary, you know, obviously was trying to give local TV quite a, you know, bit of support and watching some of the local shows. And I found that with the, especially with, you know, like the CBC or some of these other ones, they would just recycle the same people from the same exact shows. So when Jerry D came out with his show, I was just like, man, this is what CBC needed was, was somebody with a fresh take, some good writers on the show and to put out some really funny scenarios and good, good comedy. Um, CBC though, if you, if you look at Canadian comedy, if it weren't for CBC, if it weren't for things like CBC Radio and the Debaters, right, or Laugh, Laugh Out Loud, yeah. Tracy Rideout, right. I mean these are these are like how can you not embrace the CBC? Look at what they're doing. Every comedian, every performer, every actor in this country should love the CBC. Right. We need to trumpet the CBC because they're the only ones, you know, really supporting that, are, that industry. Absolutely, yeah. and they've been doing it for a really long time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hats off to CBC and and what they're doing, and you know look at look at what they're doing with Jerry D and, yeah. and some of those shows. Really, really great. Absolutely. Tell me a bit about some of your stand up stuff. When did you start performing? Uh, and and has that been a difficult thing to run a very successful room and not want to get up there yourself every Monday? Oh, I got up there every Monday. I hosted the show every week for about the first nineteen years. So you were like the Bud, uh, the Bud Friedman of uh, of uh, of Comedy Monday Night. I would just go and throw <laughs> shit against the wall, and it was 
fun. It was really a lot of fun, but it got to the point where the, the production of the show, you know, it started to grow as, as time went on. And so there was more stuff and more details and, you know, we didn't know what we were doing at first. And then once we figured it out and, you know, just, it was more difficult than, than I would have imagined to be like the, the guy that's hosting the show and then the guy that's trying to produce the show. Cause it's really hard to do both. Sure. And if you ask anybody on a Monday night, I am pretty businesslike right. down there at the show. Like there's, yeah, there's there's, it's a, a different James when you go down there. There's not a lot of time for idle chit chatter. <laughs> if we are having a conversation, it is going to be brief and to the point. And I don't mean to be, but apparently I can be a little abrupt. Um, but again, that's that's sort of necessary sometimes. Oh, and it's game time. It's game time. You got to put on the game the game face. Absolutely, right? but yeah. it's hard to do both. So I, I at some point just decided that, you know, there's a lot of other really funny guys that would have fun doing this. Right. And that was also about the same time it occurred to me. You know what? I need to start um, paying guys to do this. Right. Right. And it's funny how when those two things that that epiphany occurred at that same moment like that how it just sort of worked out because now there's other really funny guys that can host right and they will host because i'm gonna pay them to do it right so yeah i think it's really worked out well i I understand now what motivates comedians yeah that's fantastic and it's it's great that you figured out that formula i mean not a lot of people have i mean i've seen a lot of promoters come and go uh, whether it be in the in the comedy industry or whatever industry, it's a tough it's a tough business. It really is, and I don't think that what we pay them in any way is fair remuneration for what they do. But right. it's it's what I can do. Right, I can put a great audience in front of them, and that took took a lot of effort to get it to the point. Asses in seats is mm-hmm. really hard. Right, really really hard. Absolutely. So you know, I can put a great audience in front of them, and and all those other things, but. Maybe you can speak to some of that as well, and I don't think enough people do. Uh, promoters talk about that, uh, about some of that struggle about putting asses in the seats. I mean, I've done shows once a month, and it's difficult to put people in the chairs. You do it every Monday night, yep. without fail, and and it's a tough ticket to get in town. I mean, there's a lot of times I've been down there, and like I said, I mean, you're standing at the bar. There's not a seat in the house left. People get down there early. You've got a good, solid, loyal following. Uh, speak a bit about the crowd. Like what? I mean, I'm sure you formed a lot of friendships over the years with some people that have been very loyal. We have some great audience, folks. And the difficult thing is, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody, but the difficult thing is, you have to be a regular customer, like a regular comedy person on a Monday night for a really long time before I will ever recognize you twice in a row. <laughs> I'm not even kidding it because again I'm just so focused on getting the show going like I just You know that there's hundreds of people right now going I, oh I, fuck it's not just I'm an asshole he doesn't like me or something I, I see that there are people there and okay I know there's people and now let's give them that show and right. so I don't really pay a lot of attention to who's in the room I know that there are people there and, and right. we're just focusing on putting on a great show for those people some of them I get to know right? and some of them are friends now and yeah. uh, Sarah uh, Rivest she's a sweetheart and uh you know chris there's there's lots of guys that we see on mondays and they, they've been loyal to not just uh, comedy monday night but to some of those comedians that they've they've come to know and they right. go and they see them at other shows they go and catch them at the clubs when they're there it's, yeah 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 yeah. so it's yeah it's great fun in that respect that's but fantastic again i don't i don't want to i don't want to 
you know mislead you in any way because again there's it's hard to it's hard to you know get to know well that's sometimes i I recognize faces but i you know name is never going to stick no for sure and i think people appreciate that because they 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 understand that you know what like uh it's like uh, going and talking to uh, somebody about to you know do a sport like right right before the game you know what i mean it's like they're not their head isn't there at that moment their their focus is on what do i need to do and what needs to happen tonight And, and i think I think people could definitely appreciate that. It's it's a fascinating thing that that uh, that that you've become this uh, this. Uh, I, I don't know if I use the word legendary, but uh, or iconic person in Calgary, and uh, you've obviously um, you know have been. A, I think it, what speaks to the passion of it is that uh, you're not just a comic, but you're a fan of comedy. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's go back one step. Sure. You're the first one I've ever <laughs> heard use the phrase iconic. Um, I'm not certain, again, that that's a fair statement, but... Um, hey, man, you know, you're I've, known all, I've, all I've over the world now. <laughs> I've certainly... Um, how, how shall I phrase this? I've endeared myself to the local comedy community in, in some respect, and, and I've earned a place. I've earned a place within the, the local community, and I'm I'm forever grateful and cognizant of the fact that again it's it's a, a, a very brief uh, opportunity to try and affect some kind of meaningful change like right, it's right. not forever like i never know like from one year to the next I, i'm surprised sometimes that it's still a thing right so i don't know like is it going to go for another 10 years i can't tell you that is it going to go for another two years? I right. can't tell you that either. Right. So it's just an it's a here and now opportunity. I'm just doing what I can right now. That's, Living that's the moment. What I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. And if it if it continues on, like I'm 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 not in any way suggesting anything other than it's my full intention to go out there next Monday and do the show, and then the Monday after that, and then the Monday after that. Sure. But it's it's one of those things. It's it's an opportunity. It's right here. It's right now. And I hope yeah. it carries on. Now oh, that's fantastic. I, it, it, let's jump back to that. You are a fan of comedy. Uh, were you the kid that was putting records on, listening to comedy records, uh, the, the stuff back in the day? Were you watching the uh, the roasts on TV with Dean and Martin, or, or were you the guy that... Uh, Absolutely. I can still recite almost every word of the <laughs> Cheech and Chong White album. <laughs> so that was hitting you when, when you were a kid, too? comedy yeah, was a big part of it. and tommy chong's from right here he's from that's bragg right. creek that's so, right yeah, I mean, yeah that was even better and he's going to be up in edmonton i think it's next weekend is he really yeah he's oh doing that's a right thing for the calgary 420 that's right that's right good for him tommy good for chong. him yes i'm a big comedy fan i i enjoy i enjoy like who doesn't enjoy laughing and i get to see i get to see so many great comedians yeah so many of them and, and not just not just at comedy monday night but you know at the clubs and on the sure. road and there's so many great comics, so many funny guys out there. Who would James Moore buy comedy tickets to? Um, I would love to go and see Kathleen Madigan live. Yeah? I think Kathleen Madigan's hilarious. I'd love to see Kathleen Madigan. Um, Greg Giraldo was a big oh, favorite man. of mine. I, I would love to go see Greg Giraldo. Fantastic. Yeah, great, great comic. I got to see some really great comics down in, in Los Angeles last year. I got to... I got to go to the comedy store, and you know some pretty big names rolled through that door that night. No Dane way, Cook and Eddie Griffiths. Holy and, shit! So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, 
There's a lot of great comics. I'm a big fan of uh, Brian Regan. Mm-hmm. There's so many Canadian comics that I'm. I'm Brent Butt, I got to see him at the YYC Comedy Festival, yeah. and he was off the hook. And he was talking about stuff that, again, was so universal, part of everyone's experience, but he was able to articulate it in, in such a way that it was just phenomenal. That's so, fantastic. Brent That's unreal. Butt, uh, there's just so many guys. <laughs> Mike Wilmot, Mike McDonald. Yeah, Mike, Mike McDonald, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, I got to sit down with the mic and, and such an in, interesting character. Uh, but, man, you just know by talking to somebody. It's just, I think what it is, it's like uh, just in the presence of somebody who you know has a lot of history in the business. And you just feel that that energy where you're just like, fuck, man, this guy knows his shit, right? He's been around the block. He's probably been in the worst scenarios possible in comedy. I've, I've heard some of those fantastic stories. Uh, some of the worst rooms in the world, all that type of stuff. I got a good Mike McDonald story. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. This would be great for the show. Mike McDonald, he he came out and I set up a couple of workshops for him with comics. Right. So I got to know Mike McDonald sort of on the side. Right. Which was very cool. And Mike's a great guy and very funny guy and he put on great workshops. And then one night I was sitting at home in my living room on a Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. I know it was 6 o'clock on a Tuesday night because the news just came on. Right. And the phone rings, so I pick up the phone. Voice at the other end says, James, Mike McDonald here. I'm in town. It's Tuesday night. I'm not doing anything. Do you want to go grab a burger and a beer? Holy shit. I mean, this is Mike McDonald phoning <laughs> me you. at home on a Tuesday night. It's like, you know, if I had anything, it was like, I'm ditching it right now. So, yeah, I'd like, love to go for burgers and beer. So I went and I picked him up at the hotel. And we're just driving out of the parking lot. And he says, well, it's a Tuesday night. Are there any shows on on a Tuesday night? And there was only the one show going on in town. And right. so I, I told him about it. He says, well, yeah, it's down at the independent club down there. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, they make great ribs. Do you want to go down there and maybe catch the show and have some ribs? He says, well, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So we go down to the, we go down to the club Tuesday night and, uh, we go rolling through the door and there's the owner and, uh, the other owner standing there when I come rolling through the door with Mike McDonald (laughs) on a Tuesday night. Talk about bringing some credibility. Yeah. They were as surprised (laughs) as I was. So we sat down and uh, we were having some beers and some ribs and stuff like that. And the show starts. And then the headliner, it comes headliner time. And the headliner that night was Skippy. Remember Skippy Mark Price from yes. that, that show with... with, uh, with um, oh my God, this is going to kill Back me to now. the Future. Back, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, Michael, Michael, um, Michael J. J. Fox. Fox. Right, right. I forget the name of the sitcom. Oh man, uh, Family, Family ties. ties. Family Ties. There you go. Right. So, so he was the headliner that night. So he was Michael J. Fo- he was like the funny friend, the sidekick guy, right? Skippy? He was. He was. He was Skippy. He was like the. He was the like dopey of, friend yeah, yeah, guy or whatever. The next yeah. door guy or right. whatever. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mark Price. So we're sitting there. We have our we have our burger and our, our, our ribs and our beers and stuff like that. And the show's going on, and then it comes headliner time. And Mark Price goes rolling up onto the stage, headliner, and he's got one of those eight and a half by eleven, those yellow with the blue lined legal pads. Right, right. And he goes up there and hey, here we go. Here's some stuff I wrote today. 
And he starts going through, he's flipping through the pages on this legal pad. Bomb, bomb, <laughs> bomb. And then he goes, 20 minutes in, he goes, so, uh, thank you very much, good night. And he's coming off of the stage, and just when he does that, Mike McDonald gives me a shot with the elbow, and he says, tell your buddy I'm not going up there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That is such a fantastic story. Holy shit. That, that's, that's Tuesday night with Mike McDonald. It was awesome. I'm not going up. <laughs> Tell your buddy I'm not going up there. I got to do a show in Ottawa with Mike McDonald. Where the hell is that at, Ottawa? Uh, nation's capital. Okay. I'm the only one that says it right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have never heard of this. This is fantastic. It's, All it's, right. It's, Ottawa. A, it's, a first, Ottawa. it's a First Nations word. Okay. It means the convergence of two rivers. Oh, no shit. No First Nations Canadian guy ever said Ottawa. Not <laughs> even once. <laughs> so it's Ottawa. Ottawa. We did a show down there at the Royal Canadian Canadian Legion. One of them. There's ten. Wow. There's ten in Ottawa. Oh, holy shit. We did this show, Mike McDonald and Daryl Mack and myself, and to a Legion crowd. <laughs> What's that crowd like? Well, let me tell I mean, you. Let me tell a, you what. You get a big mix of veterans there, man. Oh boy, uh, women. Mike men. McDonald got up there and absolutely mopped the place up. Oh, I could believe it. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed. If yeah. you've, if you've ever wanted to see something that was amazing, yeah, go and see a, a Legion crowd give Mike McDonald a standing ovation oh, in a in a shit. Legion. It was amazing. Wow, absolutely what a amazing. He absolutely destroyed it. Just, I sat there mouth agape. It's like, you know, you watch a guy like Mike McDonald do what he does, and you want, yeah, yeah, I want to quit, okay? It's like, <laughs> I, I, I think I want to go kill myself. That's like, holy crap, was that awesome. Oh, man. A standing ovation in a Royal Canadian a Legion. Legion. And this is one of the stories that I like to tell the kids because they don't believe it, but right after, because Mike McDonald was the middle act, I hosted that night, and Daryl Mack headlined. Right. So Mike McDonald gets up in the middle spot, in the middle spot, and gets a standing O. And, and we're talking like this is a prolonged, they would not sit down. Uh, just Who would amazing. Want to follow that? And Daryl Mack followed that, and he got up there, and this is what I like to tell the kids. Daryl Mack got up there, and he got a standing ovation at the end of that, too. So, Holy shit. Uh, two guys, absolutely an amazing show. They both destroyed. God, absolutely it's times like that you wish that somebody had a camera out and just would have captured some of that stuff. Yep. Some of that stuff on the road must have just been amazing. Oh, we had a great out. time. We went. We did, uh, we did all coast to coast, all the provinces. We went right across Canada. We were doing a, we were doing a tour, raising money for... Canadian veterans that have been afflicted by post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. And so right now, Daryl, is he's off doing another leg of that tour right now with Mike McDonald, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. He's out in like Nova Scotia or something like Halifax, that. Or Halifax, yeah. right. So yeah, That's fantastic. It, and the, such and a great, great cause, man. That's you'll huge. like this too because the, the tour was actually sponsored by a medical marijuana supply company. Oh, no way. I can't even make that up. <laughs> God bless him, man. It's you know what? It's come so far now that I'm I'm uh, I used to just be this super closet smoker, and now I'm just like you know what? I don't give a shit. Uh, I 
it's I don't like I I keep probably rationalizing to myself. Oh, it's going to be legal in like, you know a couple of months type of thing. It's but not though. It's it, not. It's not. No, it'll yeah. be years. It's going to be years still. Yeah. They've still got a lot of work to They'll do. They'll introduce now. the legislation maybe in the spring if yeah. they did what they said they were going to do. Yeah. But I got to, I got to, you know, you got to, I am from Missouri, my friend. You got to show me. Because here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been uh, listening to liberals. Right. So not just, not just, uh, what's his name? Uh, Trudeau there, Joe Trudeau. Justin. But, but his dad. Yeah. Right. Pierre. Yeah. And and Kretchen and every liberal in between that's been telling us for more than thirty years that, that they're, they're going to legalize it, right. and it hasn't happened yet. Right. Okay. Right. So you know, I'm still a little skeptical because he hasn't done it you. yet. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think the I think I think right now I think the closest I think it's the closest that it's ever been for sure. I mean, for there to be, I mean, I was just out in Vancouver and the dispensaries there on every corner. And I'm just like, holy shit. I walked into some of these places, and there's no raids going. There's nobody getting shut down. These are store, store you're, fronts. You're that- from Fort McLeod, dude. You, <laughs> you, you know. And here's the, this, the, here's the difference between us and Vancouver. Yeah. We're in, we're in the southern Alberta Bible Belt. This right. is the, like um, Tabor. Now they've got, they've got laws on the books. You cannot swear in Tabor. That, right. You got right. Cardston. Um, yeah, that, it's a dry town. Yep. Right? Dry yeah. town. No liquor in that town. And, right. and, and the Bible Belt, and a lot of people don't realize this, because if you go north, it's a hell of a lot more liberal in Edmonton than it is in Calgary. For sure. And you've got to get north of Red Deer. That's, that's where the Bible Belt is. Right, right. So we're, we're right in the... You know, <laughs> right. we still got cops kicking down doors and busting guys for smoking a joint, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah. you know, I've been smoking weed for a really long time. And yeah. I will tell you this, my friend who's formerly of law enforcement, <laughs> I have never been busted for weed, not even once. That's a pretty good track record for, yeah, I, that's I, pretty good. That's what I call healthy paranoia, <laughs> that's what that's all about. <laughs> that's got to be a bit, man, that's got to be a bit. But I, I, I did get hauled out of the line um, at U.S. Customs going through Canadian, going through uh U.S. Going customs? through no going through you go through customs at Calgary International oh, before yeah. you fly before to the states, the right? States, so right. I got hauled in a secondary the last time I went. Right. I went down to, to Los Angeles, and I'm not saying I'm I'm all about profiling, okay? Right. But if you're being profiled, like fuck you, because I get profiled all the time, <laughs> right? Like that guy, I didn't even hand him my passport. It's like you're coming with me, right? <laughs> and he takes me into the back, and this is—I'm not bullshitting at all. He is going through my stuff because he thinks he can smell weed. Like oh. what's that I'm smelling? It's like I'm pretty sure it's my aftershave. <laughs> like no, it's—and he's digging all of my shit up. Look, how stupid do you think I am? All right, oh, buddy, listen, man. I vacuum my pockets out before I go to the airport for fuck's sake. So you're not going to find any weed in my luggage. But this guy, I can't tell you how much joy it brought me, Jake. This guy is sniffing like he's a US customs guy. He's sniffing like my shoes. He is sniffing my shoes. It's like holy crap, dude. You know, at Canadian customs, we got a dog that'll do that. But no, this is He's, he's face down in a, in a shoot. Jesus Christ, <laughs> man. That is unbelievable. So profile away. That's yeah, what I say. Exactly. <laughs> no, I've never been busted for weed, but I'm not, I'm not, I tell you, I will tell you this, because I'm not sure that I'm for, 
I'm, I'm not sure that I'm for legalization. Really? I'm, I'm all about decriminalization. Like, I don't think Canadians should go to jail because they want to smoke a joint. Right. Did you catch that? Did you, did you, I, did that. <laughs> I can't even get the word out. But yeah, that, I'm, I'm, against, I'm against Canadians having, having um, criminal records because they got caught with a bag of weed. Right. But tell me, uh, at what point did the government get involved in anything that suddenly got better? Right, right. No, that's very true. That's very, very true. I, I yeah. think the black market's capable of growing better weed. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very all about true. the medical marijuana. You know, again, I'm I'm totally supportive yeah. of that. I'm, yeah. I'm all about supporting the the troops and the veterans sure. and law enforcement. And and I'm sure there's a lot of people who have seen a lot of horrible stuff. Yeah. And if smoking a joint can help them, go for it. Light up. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. So what's up next for James Moore? What's on the what's on the books here? You got uh, obviously comedy Monday night. Do you have anybody coming up that you're excited about coming and hosting? And one more question before we get into that one, I wanted to ask you this: When you see those kids get up on stage and do great comedy, have you been able to look at people over the years and say, "I know this kid's got it"? Have you felt that way before? You know, there's all kinds of kids who I think have got it Mm -hmm. i think there's all kinds of local kids who have the potential and when i say local kids i don't just mean calgary kids but edmonton kids sure western canadian kids that clearly have everything everything that that a great comic has right so i'm a big champion of all of those kids sometimes I, i i think i i see it um but again it's it's not all about it's not all about being that that funny guy on the stage in the spotlight. There's so much of, of what happens off of the stage that affects whether or not those guys are, are going to be that guy. Sure. And, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's a real growth process. Right. So you have to grow into it, and, and you hope that, you know, sometimes I think there, there's, there's kids that are absolutely spoiled by early success they get a little early success and it it just it just destroys them Mm -hmm. and and i'm always disappointed when i see that but at the end of the day and a lot of people ask me this question they say well why do you do it james why do you keep doing it and here's why i do it because one day jake one of those kids one of those kids that i put on stage for the very very first time one of those kids is going to make it they're going to make the big time and when they do i'm going to be right there to open for them yeah yeah amen that's what I'm and talking I hope about. they do. I hope they do. We got a lot of great, talented kids here, and yeah. again, I would name them all. Yeah. But if, if they're ever listening, consider yourself named. Yeah. Um, you're you're all part of of the greater, the greater tapestry that is the Calgary comedy community. Yeah. And I'm I'm proud to be part of it, and I'm I'm happy to be part of it. And as long as I can, you know, make a, con- a contribution and can and can continue to contribute to the industry, then that's what I'm going to do. Wow. I, you know what? I don't think I can end the show any better than that, man. That's that's a fantastic way to end it. James, uh, continued success with The Room. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge fan. I have been since day one, and uh, uh, ever since I went down to, uh, to the, the first time uh, at Comedy Monday Night, it was a fantastic experience. I still have the note saved in my phone 
just writing down if like I said it felt like a review just going there and, and watching and, and I appreciate that Jake but yeah. I tell you I'm I'm it's this is melancholy kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of feeling bad because like this is I'm gonna be the last this is this is it the last yuck yuck this podcast, is it but so. you know what the beautiful thing about it is and I, and I was thinking about this earlier uh, I, I was like you know what um, shows like these need to continue shows like these need to find a way to to you know what there's so much great talent and as you said i've had that same exact feeling is that uh i've given a lot of amateurs uh time on this show just to come on and kind of hear their story and and uh i've heard some fantastic stories fantastic tales and uh just to see the growth and the the young kids that i've seen locally and i mean i haven't even scratched the surface of other cities in canada i'm sure the talent is equally uh as impressive but uh, just to give that them an opportunity to sit on the other side of this table and to talk and to and to interview people and to hear their their backstories and their lives has been nothing but short but uh, fantastic. And I have wanted to interview you for a very very long time. And I remember the first time <laughs> I remember this story. I, I had to go look up the story on my uh, messenger because I remember I reached out to you for the very first time and I said, James, I would love to just have you on the podcast. You're you're a legend in this in this city and everything. And you said, you know what? You come down here and you see what I do and we'll do the podcast. And I, I came down and I watched that show and I was in awe the entire night. And uh uh and then after the show, I remember you said uh <laughs> You said, I heard you're doing comedy now. And I said, yeah, I've been doing a few amateur shows here and there. And you said, all right, here's the deal. I'll do the show. You come down and you do five minutes on Comedy Monday Night. And I said, oh, you owe me, dude. (laughs) So I said, I I was like, fuck. I I was so scared to go down to Comedy Monday Night and do a set that I was like, I I stopped doing comedy. Oh, don't. Stop doing comedy. But I've I've found my I found my passion I've I've found what I'm supposed to do in the comedy world and and I think uh, I enjoy it. some people come up to me during shows and stuff and they say hey man like do you ever want to go up and MC or host or do and I said you know what I just want to sit in the crowd and watch the show I love it I love watching comedy well we can't end it just like this <laughs> you can't end it here because because this is the last one and again it's melancholy it. but right. so so what what's what's going on next for Jake where's Jake taking this Where, wow. where's the next stop for you my young friend i am going to continue on uh i've been focusing so much on just the uh, uh trying to get comics uh, some branding and some promoting and and you know helping them build websites and press packs and all this type of stuff trying to push canadian comedy as much as i can i've been trying to make some inroads uh and i've been really working and championing my time and energy into uh different things that are going to make comics lives better um I've reached out to companies like Budget and WestJet and Uber and companies like that. And I said, hey, is there any way we can form some type of an alliance that we have a lot of comics that are on the road, you know, 365 days a year. And uh, we need deals with hotels. We need deals with, you know, stuff like restaurants and and, uh, and car services and rentals and stuff like that. And, and uh, I've been finding I've been trying to champion some of those those things with uh, with trying to help out the community. And... I found that the less I've been putting on the live shows, I've, I'm just, I'm happy helping comics right now. So that's where kind of my focus is. But I still, I mean, obviously I'm still an agent for Yuck Yuck, so I, I still book corporates and, and uh, I've been, you know, putting on some shows uh, on some of the rooms. Uh, the majority of my shows have all been door deals. So I, I never 
got guarantees that all the shows and and that's a tough way to live especially if you're taking up weekends and and you're you're trying to you know make a living and you're taking time away from one part of your life to give to another i'm sure you're you're well aware of that very well well versed in that area but i've I've walked that mile in those shoes yeah so i think i'm the same thing as you i think that uh, i'm excited to help out some comics and some young comedians and in hopes that you know, they all find success, but that if one of them does make big success, I will be there right next to them as well, saying, "You know what? We got to give James a call. He's got to come and open for us." <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for that call. But what about the podcast? What happens the podcast? The podcast? I'm not. Oh. I'm not 100 percent sure what's going to happen. I've I've thought about uh, doing some other shows. I've always podcasted, and I've always found that like, man, uh, we got to keep these conversations going because I think people still need to hear it. And, uh, I think, uh, the stories are only starting right now. So I have been flirting with the idea of starting a, a different show, maybe, you know, still with the, with a, a comedy crew, but, uh, but maybe bring on some co-hosts or, or maybe make it at a certain place at a, at a certain night, you know, in the city or something like that. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but, uh, but, uh, I think that the conversation needs to continue. I love, I've done, I want to say we're close to the 90 something episodes or something like, you know, that for all this to have started just was a lot of comics. It's a lot of comics. Who are the standouts for you? Oh man, that's a dynamite question. My brother was a fantastic, he interviewed me on, on the show one time and just being able to, I didn't really grasp the, the levity of, of, uh, of uh, of being able to sit with one of my family members for 45 minutes and really have a good conversation about our childhood and how I got into comedy and how I got into law enforcement, all this, all that type of stuff. So to sit down with my brother and have him interview me was was fantastic. Yeah, because those two things are kind of diametrically opposed. <laughs> I've always said I've spent the first half of my life, uh, you know, having to be very serious about a lot of stuff. And the second half of my life, I'm going to spend laughing. Most comics spend half their life trying to not get noticed by law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) We got to be writing these down. These are great bits. Uh, There's been a million guests that have standed out. Obviously, uh, uh, Sam Tripley was my very first, like, guest where I fell out of my chair. I was like, I didn't realize someone can go this crazy. Uh, Sam Tripley was fantastic. Um, Man, Kevin Stobo was such a great conversation. Um, I had some that didn't even air. I had some like you know with Ari Shafir and Greg Fitzsimmons, and and uh, I've got to sit That's down a with a couple some, big names. Yeah, some fantastic people. Uh, Bert Kreischer stands out, uh, and these are all just on the American side. Obviously, my good friend uh, Steve Simone, uh, fantastic guy, and and huge supporter of, of of this show, and had me on his podcast. Uh, Kathleen McGee, obviously, there's a ton of Canadian talent. Todd, Todd Ness, and and uh, and I even got to sit down with a lot of the amateur guys. Uh, you know, Todd, guys, Ness. Todd Ness and Todd and, Ness, yeah, <laughs> Todd Ness. <laughs> uh, you know, guys like Ben Cannon and Alan Cho and Amy Bug and and uh, and you know, I've I've had some fantastic people on the show, and it's been it's been great. And Mark Breslin, I mean, I've even you know interviewed some people in the in the movie business. Uh, Chris Catan has been on the show, and uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a fantastic ride. And I, I there's a part of me that really doesn't want it to stop. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll be launching something you know in the near future about uh, more more comedy podcasts. Well, just going back one step. So sure. the, the the episodes that you've already done, the ones that you've already recorded, the ones that are on the Yuck Yucks website. Do those right. do those stay there? Are they That's a good good question. Um I know I've got backups of everything. Um and 
ultimately Yuck Yucks owns the content, so I guess it's up to them as to what they want to do with it. Um, I would never, I guess, I don't have rights to it, I guess, so it's something that's their property. I signed that off as I started the podcast. So so there's some reasonable expectation that if someone wanted to go and listen to oh, some yeah. of these past episodes yeah. that they could go there and find those? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just a, a situation of... Uh, of uh, you and that's know, at www.yuckyucks.com. Dot com. There'll always be a link up there, and there's always going to be an archive of uh, of the comedy podcast for sure. And uh, I'm that's one of the big things that I you know was telling my producer Kira about was uh, that I want these to stay up so people can still hear that history of of, of yuck yucks and history of comics that have come across because there's been a lot of my show that has not been yucks comics have been independent comics and, and people that have made their mark in the industry. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people I wish I could still interview, you know, and maybe that's what I want to do. I mean, there's been a lot of even local Scott Dumas is someone who's been around for a long time that I was like, man, I really want to interview, uh, Dumas and Lori Ferguson. And, and, uh, I mean, there's a ton of comics that I'm like, man, I'd still like to sit down and talk. How would you feel about maybe coming down and doing some interviews on our TV show one day? Oh, that would be fantastic, man. I would be, yeah, that would be huge. James, thank you for that offer. Yeah. Well, you just never know. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just sort of throwing, throwing some stuff out there. Cause you know, the day may come where Daryl's on the other side of the country when we have, when we have a, a show book, so maybe oh, yeah. I'll, maybe yeah, I'll need yeah. a, maybe I'll need a guy to. Hey, I'm always willing to 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 come in off, off the bench, James, for sure. Jump in there, if absolutely. Sub out for some time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that would be that would be a, a future opportunity we could maybe look forward to working together again. That would be fantastic. I'd be honored. And and as I said before, uh, it's been an honor to to sit down with you for for a couple hours here and, and just get get to hang out and 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 hear some of these stories and. And uh, and a huge mark that you've made on the on the landscape of comedy in Canada, and I think that needs to be uh, that needs to be heard and respected and shared. So thank you, thank you. It's been a lot of fun, and we still have a couple beers left. So when you turn the mics off, we're gonna we're gonna head back to the beer. <laughs> it's really been a gas, Jake. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, folks, and there you have it, the final episode of the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. And like I said, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Thank you so much to uh, Mr. James Moore for coming on and getting the headline spot. It was well worth it and a fantastic interview. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. On behalf of myself, your host, Jake Hirsch, and the entire crew here at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer, Kira Williams, co-producer, Camille Argue, and of course, Lane Argue, who lays down all the wonderful acoustic tracks for this fantastic podcast it has been an absolute honor and i hope to see you and uh keep on trucking in the future uh yeah who knows maybe we'll come back with a great show who knows what's gonna happen stay tuned guys you guys know how to get a hold of me thank you from the bottom of my heart and thank you to all the amazing people and friends that I met along the way. Uh, thank you, Kira and uh, Mark and Camille and Lane for believing in me and making this podcast happen. Everybody at Head Office, love you guys. It's Jake Hirsch signing off. Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast.